What's up, everyone, in RNFM Radio Land? We're back with RNFM Radio 4.0, and we couldn't be happier to be here with you. We're thrilled you're here with us, and we're super grateful you've chosen to spend this time. How lucky are we that you are tuning in again to RNFM Radio? Remember, we're members of the Pulse Media Network at pulsemedianetwork.com, along with Elizabeth Scala's Your Next Shift. The Nurse Keith Show, The Gluten Free RN, and some other shows that are coming down the pipeline, including Kevin Ross's new audio baby, The Kick Flip Effect. And you know what? Kevin isn't telling us much about his new show other than the fact that it's a take no prisoners business podcast for listeners who have the stomach for the hard truth. You're going to either want to tune in or hide your head under the covers when that show drops. Elizabeth Scala has a new show in the works too, so stay tuned for more news from Pulse Media Network. Just so you know, the show notes for this episode can be found at rnfmradio.com forward slash episode 252. And now we're going to welcome my illustrious co-hosts and partners in podcasting crime, Sean Dent over in Pennsylvania. How are you today? What's up, everyone? How are you, Keith? Hey, Sean, I'm fine. It's really hot in this room right now, but I'll be okay. And Ashley Poffett Miller, how are you up in beautiful Denver? Hey, guys, it's obviously gorgeous up here, so no complaints. Obviously, and you're the only one of the three of us with air conditioning. We're super jealous. Sorry about that, but not sorry. That's all right. Oh, boy. Well, we're going to be dripping with sweat as you're comfortable in your slippers, but, you know, that's just life. We're used to suffering, right, Sean? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not going to say anything about that. Oh. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> All right, we're not going to say anything. But Ashley, we just have to mention and welcome you back from your honeymoon in Japan. Well, thank you. It was an awesome experience, and I will definitely be going back there. It was great. Thank you. Well, welcome back. We were thinking of you constantly and hoping you were having fun and we didn't crash the wedding as promised so so sorry i kind of yeah. wish you did <laughs> oh man all right well next next time you get married we'll crash yeah the next wedding what, no, man. Okay. <laughs> go big or go home man i'm gonna get married right. and i'm gonna just go across the country <laughs> okay that's right that's right well yeah i won't tell the story now but mary and i once crashed a wedding it was really fun but i love that i love I that about you that you did that Oh yeah, I need to do it again. That's that's on my bucket list to crash more weddings. So you know, if you know of anyone getting married, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I actually we'll do, you know. but it's really? here in my state, not where you live. So. Oh dear. Well, in August we're going to Brooklyn for a wedding, but we're actually invited to it. So I could pretend I'm crashing it, but it is my family, so it's not going to be the same. <laughs> but if any of you listeners are going to be in Brooklyn around the first week of August, I can let you know where the wedding in is where the wedding's going to be held and you can crash it and come visit me during the, my nephew's wedding. How's that? Anyway. Yeah, but, but if you're invited, then it kind of defeats the whole crashing idea, doesn't it? I, I know. I know. You're bursting my bubble as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, RNFM Radio 4.0. This is the first full episode we're doing after the teaser that we put out to tease everybody to remind them that we actually still exist and that we're going to be putting stuff out there. And here we are back on the air and I couldn't be happier to be here with the two of you. And, you know, this first main segment of the show, we really wanted to just talk about 
just talk about ourselves. No, we actually wanted to talk about why we went into nursing, because I think it's important for us to sometimes talk about this. Some folks might have heard my story way back when, but you can just, you know, do something else while I tell my story and stay glued to your microphone, not your microphone, your headset while you're listening to Sean and Ashley. So, you know, why, why do we all choose to go into this profession anyway? Is it for the money and the sexy outfits? Actually, I have to say wearing scrubs was a huge, huge seller for me. Not having to iron my pants or wear a blouse. Come on. I I was stoked about the scrubs part. Not going to lie. Also, it was going to work in pajamas. I was just going to say working in your pajamas. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And Sean, you were going for the sexy outfits too. I was just, I was going to, you know, parlay off of that is that, um, I don't know how many people think pajamas are sexy, but maybe we could consider pajamas being sexy. And then yes, I went for the sexy outfit. Well, um, there are sexy pajamas out there. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, actually I, I've chosen to never ever work in the hospital as most people who know me from my blog or my podcast know, or this show also, I've never worked in the hospital and I didn't even have a job that required me to wear scrubs till about four years ago (laughs) in a certain home care position I had. So I went 16 years without wearing scrubs and then wore them for just a couple years. It doesn't compute in my brain. I'm sorry. I just, I'm having a hard time accepting that. I can't You're telling me that there are nurses clothes. out there that don't wear scrubs? Come on. I wore street clothes for 16 years wow. as a nurse. So wow. I had to do a lot of ironing. So go <laughs> Sad, sad, but true. But Sean, what, what prompted you? Like where, where were you and how did you, how did you make the leap? What now hold on you? a minute. I don't think you actually told us why you got into nursing, Keith. You just skipped right over that. God, you caught me. You skipped right over that. So, folks, you can see with the new trifecta here that I'm not going to get away with anything with Ashley Poffett Miller and Sean Dent on the case. So, I have to be careful what I say. Why did I go into nursing? Well, there's several different stories I tell. Um, one of the stories I tell is that I actually was an art student back in the early 80s. I dropped out of not one, but two art schools. And actually didn't go back to college to get my associates till I was almost 30. I was a late bloomer in many ways. I'm kind of slow, folks. You probably already know that. So I'm a, I'm a slow, late bloomer, and I'd become, I'd been a massage therapist. I'd been a yoga teacher. I had worked with the developmentally disabled and been like a private home health aide somewhat. So I was getting into caregiving, and I had a young son and a wife in grad school, and decided I needed a um, relatively remunerative and and respected and flexible career. And my wife said that I could go to nursing school if I never worked uh, graveyard shifts because I worked so many graveyard shifts when I was working with developmentally disabled populations. So I made her that promise and I kept hmm. it to this day. How about that? That's a nice story, Keith. Yeah. And one of the stories I do tell on stage sometimes is that I had some nurses in my family on my dad's side. And one of my nurses, one of my nurses, one of my aunts, her partner, Jan, was a nurse during World War II. And she she was an amazing character. And she 
said that she she always told the story that she was one of General Patton's nurses during World War II out in the battlefield. I think it actually was true, though I listened to it. I assumed it was true. And she used to tell stories of when General Patton had hemorrhoids, she would have him soak his butt in his helmet. So I've... <laughs> So I've often said that I owe my nursing career to the derriere of General George Patton. Well done. I, <laughs> so there wow, I can't beat I'm that. I'm trying not to I snort laugh. That. I'm laughing so hard. I'm trying not to like snort and just oh, lose snort. it. We love snorts. Snorts. <laughs> snorting is allowed here in RFM Radio. Um, so that's basically why I went into you have, nursing. You was, have changed my picture. Love you, Keith. Uh, it was Patton's butt all Patton's the way. Patton's butt. <laughs> Patton's butt. That's Patton's oh hemorrhoids. Oh, Gloria's going to have fun with that on social. Oh, oh boy. My. Gloria, oh, we I hope keep... you're squirming right oh, now. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. I have this picture. Have someone someone you. has to actually come up with a picture about it. I, I'm sorry. Someone has <laughs> to. Patton's butt. <laughs> someone has to create that picture. <laughs> okay. All right. I have a friend who's a cartoonist at the New Yorker. I'll see if he'll do it for us. <laughs> Keith, you and know everybody. No, not everybody. I just I know something of every of of many peoples, but not everybody. Um anyway, enough about me. So Sean, let's move on to you. <laughs> I don't I Who can't beat that. I, I, I just I just can't beat that. I don't know. Um why did I go into nursing? Um yeah. mine's a uh mine's the traditional answer. Um it was a personal experience as a patient. So the short version for those that know me is that nursing is my third career in my lifetime. And uh, uh, during the second career, I got injured. It was a, an orthopedic injury that put me in the hospital for two days. And I was cared for by two separate nurses on two separate days. And the irony of it all is that day one was the traditional female nurse. And the day two was a male nurse, and back then in the day, like many non-nursing, non-healthcare folks out there, I thought nurses just passed pills, cleaned up poop, um, and took the doctor's orders, you know? And uh, the male nurse, so the, the care I received on those two days were 180 degrees different. So the, the care I received the first day, I felt like I was an inconvenience to the nurse. Um, and I've hmm. told this story before. And the second day, I felt like my needs were at least being addressed. They may not have been solved or met, but they're at least being addressed. And then back in that time era, we had paper charting. So my nurse sat at the foot of the bed and he charted and had a conversation with me. And that's when he educated me on what male nurses do and what nurses do. And the rest is history. I literally went home and started Googling and looking up nursing schools in the area. And within the year, I had applied, interviewed, and started nursing school, I think, 18 months later. Wow. I, I forgot that part. And mm -hmm. do you still send him a box of chocolates? Like no. Sadly, I, I don't. I, I know his name's Michael. If, if I saw him in a crowd, I could pick him out. But I don't Michael, know his last if name. you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sean owes you a lot of chocolate. And, and, you know, not that this really matters to this story, but he was, he was very unique because he was also an African-American male, which mm -hmm. was, 
rare back then. And right, he was the rare, nicest right. guy. He really was. Uh -huh. He he embodied what nurses should be and can be. He was mm -hmm. he was by far one of someone that I looked up to. Wow. I love that story. That's awesome, Sean. <laughs> you owe him a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I love that story. And Ms. Poffit, Mrs. Or are you Ms. Mrs. Oh my Poffet. gosh, I'm a Mrs. now. She's a Mrs. Wow. Uh oh, How's Mrs. that Taylor. feel? How's that feel? If It, it actually feels really different. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But in a good way. <laughs> so I, either... I, I like belong to someone now. You know? Oh boy! No, and you're, you're going to obey him, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually, I was saying that I definitely feel like I have a protector. You know, oh. someone to just that's always watching my back. It's a really, I like it. It's a good feeling. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, we're getting yeah. all mushy. That's I sweet. Know. Oh. All right. Well, before just we, wait a couple we melt years. into a puddle of mush here, <laughs> how about you, Mrs. Miller? Um, what, what brought you into nursing? I don't even think I know the story. I went to nursing right out of high school and I was the only student in high school that actually went to a nursing program. And I don't really know what, like what triggered me to want to go into nursing, but I do know that my mother suggested it at some point prior to when we started sending out college applications. She said, Oh, you know, uh, nursing is a really good career. You'll always have a job. I think you'd be really good at it. And I, I thought it was really cool that she knew me that well at, at that age that she knew that like, okay, yeah, Ash would be really good at this. So uh, the other thing I noticed when I was really young, instead of watching cartoons, I wanted to watch those, you know, trauma life in the ER shows and it calmed me down <laughs> in a weird way. So Maybe deep down, I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, but mm -hmm. I think the combination of just wanting to know what that life was like brought me to nursing. Also, my parents were hospital administrators, so I spent a lot of time going to my dad's office and he worked in a hospital. So the smell of a hospital, the lights, the tile floor, that's all very nostalgic to me. And so I think it's kind of funny when people are in hospitals and they're like, oh, I can't stand this the smell of just the hospital smell, you know? And I'm like, actually that's, it's like oddly comforting to me. So oh, I don't well, know, just nice. the combination. Hmm. I found nursing and it's the best decision I've ever made. I'll tell you wow. that. Wow. Well, you're here too. So it's the best decision you ever made in terms of us. Cause we yeah. get to work with you. So thank you. For, so thank Ashley you for knew for what that. she wanted to be when she grew up. Keith and I did not. Right. So it's very interesting and it would be interesting to hear some of our listeners input about why they went into this, into nursing, into the profession. Cause here we have Ashley right out of high school, which I think is super cool to have that level of maturity to think, wow, I'm going to like learn how to take care of people. And I went off to the, what some might call, you know, the selfish pursuit of studying painting and sculpture and, and etching. And, uh, Subsequently had to drop out and float around for 10 years, not knowing what the heck I was doing. And Sean, and you were on your, it sounds like third professional third career. career. Yeah. yeah. So you, we all enter the profession in so many ways. And I mean, I hear from people who are coming into nursing in their forties and fifties after yeah. sometimes one, two or three or more careers. So it's pretty cool. I think when people enter from all these different places, because I think it makes the profession rich. 
and varies. So before we close out this topic, here's a quick yes, question for the for the trifecta. And you got to answer on the spot, Ash. Sorry. Okay. I, know you, I know you love this. So okay. at any point during when you were learning how to be a nurse, did you either regret your decision or question your decision? Keith, you first. Uh, no, never regretted it. Never looked back. I felt like I was doing the right thing for my family and I felt like it was the right fit. So I was kind of like all systems go for for straight through nursing school and into my first few jobs. What have you what about you, Ash? Oh, that's um I, I say I at some point the thought did cross my mind, oh, should I have just gone to med school? And then I also struggled a little bit with trying to know the implications of being a nurse. Like what what am I required to do and how much do I have to give of myself? I had to toy with that a little bit. Uh, throughout the nursing school process, but you don't really know what it's like until you're actually, you're actually doing it. And agreed. I don't know. True. Yeah. 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 I, Sean, I, you're not going to get out of this one. Huh? Ah, there it is. Keeping me ah. in check. Keeping me in mm-hmm. check. Um, mm-hmm. I questioned my decision and almost regretted it. Um, probably within the first year of nursing school, but toughed it out because I was committed and I was convinced that it was the right thing to do. Um, and probably into my third semester, whether the, you know, the, the light bulb went on and the, you know, the pearly gates opened. And that was when I had my aha moment and realized that this is something I should have been doing from the start. Ah, uh, and this is where we need Tim to cue the trumpets uh, or, the, or the angelic voices uh, and the Holy Grail shining so, over the hospital. And I only, I only asked that it. question because I have a lot of, um, fans that ask that question that you know they decide to go into nursing for one reason or another mm-hmm. and then you know nursing school is not easy not in any way oh. and a lot of oh people are shocked to realize to, to figure out the hard way that nursing is not what you think it is it's a lot harder than it really is and you know a lot of people will be in nursing school and actually want to either change their mind get out quit or realize after it's too late that man this is not something i wanted to do so yeah, just curious. It's, a, it's, it's like nice. signing up for the army. You know, you're, you go into a nursing program and you're basically being trained and to be competent in a variety of things. And then you're pushed out after graduation and you're just part of the workforce now. I mean, if you trenches. break it down, if you break it down that simply, that's nursing school. But at the same time in somehow in that process, you're learning how to be com- empathetic and compassionate and investigative. And so it's quite the transformation, I think, for someone that's about to start nursing school. I mean, it's the beginning of a journey that you can't even, you can't even really prep someone for that, you know? That's right. Agreed. It is an amazing journey. And, and sometime I'd like to do an episode where we spend some of the main segment talking about why nursing school seems so limited and what people learn is possible. So someday maybe we'll, we'll go into that. Like there's, there's so much more there than people learn in school. Anyway, someday we'll bookmark that for another time. Oh, definitely. That's right. And Ashley, speaking of nursing in this next segment, our nursing notes segment, you did a ton of research, more than we're going to be able to go into right now. We know you were buried in the books throughout your honeymoon. You barely saw your husband at all. You were researching this subject. 
for, you know, weeks to get ready for this episode 252 of RNFM. Not just kidding. But we know you really had your head buried in the books for this. And you were you were researching forensic nursing. And what made you choose forensic nursing as a topic for our first nursing notes segment? Pardon the interruption, folks, but we wanted to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Nobby Socks. Nobby socks are magical, but we had a chance to catch up with Brian Park, who apparently is also magical. This is what he had to say. So there is science behind this. We know that, but they seem very magical. And you yourself are magical in some way. Is that correct? Absolutely true. So there's something to be said about when someone, well, I can, I'll just speak for myself. I used to be a nurse and when I uh, stopped being at the bedside as a nurse, there's something really like missing in my life that person-to-person communication and being able to help people uh, so intimately. I was missing that and it really felt like there was this uh, gap in things and it was something that really made me happy. So here in Chicago, there's a nonprofit called uh, Open Heart Magic and they teach and sponsor magicians to go to the local pediatric hospitals and do one-on-one magic with the kids there. So I, it's actually a strange, strangely enough, it's a very intensive three month program uh, where you get trained as a magician. A lot of people fail um, because you do have a weekly test, a skills test, but uh, I made it through. And for the last year and a half, almost two years now, uh, I've been going to local pediatric hospitals every Saturday and uh, spending about four hours uh, doing magic for the kids there. Nobby Socks. Those vibrant colors are going to have a hard time magically disappearing in your laundry pile. And if by chance they are starting to disappear, you might want to check the other members of your household to see if they've snagged your socks. And if so, get them a pair of Nobby Socks. You can find out more about Nobby Socks at NobbySocks.com. That's N-A-B-E-E Socks.com. Well... First of all, going into this, I had no idea what forensic nursing was or what it entailed. And I am very interested now in this subspecialty. Forensic nursing has been recognized as a specialty within the last 20 years, and it's one of the fastest growing subspecialties. They have special knowledge in the legal system as well as injury identification. Healthcare professionals are often the first to come into contact with a victim. And therefore, nurses are in the perfect position to assist in evidence collection. So what do you mean by evidence collection there? Um, So when I think of forensic nursing, I think of like, you know, the TV show CSI. So am am I way off base or am I close? You know, it's hard to imagine what it's actually like to be working in this environment, but Oftentimes, evidence collection occurs in ERs or trauma centers, and there are even special rooms or units where assault victims or victims of a crime can be taken to perform not only their examination, but to also collect evidence that they will, you know, the nurses will hand over to the investigators. So, so sort of like CSI. Yeah. But there's also nurses, forensic nurses that work in Uh, medical examiner offices, and they assist with autopsies. And that is also a very different perspective as well. So now you, yeah, so it's, is a, does one, does a single certification do all of that? Well, you have to be a licensed RN, either with a diploma and a bachelor or a bachelor's, excuse me. 
And so there you can get a certification that allows you to either work with sexual assault victims or you can also get a certification that is more focused on death investigation. So those are two options that nurses can obtain through you know, a 40-hour course with 40 hours of clinical time as well as a test. You know, if you really wanted to make a career out of this, though, I would suggest that, you know, you go on to get your master's in forensic nursing and you can also get your Ph.D. And that the there are programs here in the States for that, but they and they're very high quality programs. However, there aren't really positions for these types of highly trained, you know, doctorate prepared nurses. And so it's it's a blossoming field. So, you know, in my mind, it sounds like this could be a, a, a position that they could fulfill in addition to their full-time job. So, like, let's just say traditionally, you know, a nurse works three days a week, so they could potentially do this on their days off. Yeah, that's hard to say. I think what I found in some of my research was a lot of warning about what type of lifestyle you have to live to, to do a job like that. And, uh... Being on call is a big part of that. Uh, never so that I don't know. Too. I think you would have to, you know, or you could be you could be working in an emergency room or trauma center and be the certified forensic nurse on staff. So you're working full time as a you know bedside nurse. But uh, so this this sounds like for nurses who are working in a much larger facility or larger city, at least for now. For now, yeah. I mean, you can also they also have forensic nurses at uh, psychiatric institutions um, as well, like I said before, correctional institutions. So the position, I bet the the job descriptions change quite frequently. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So their job is, you know, to go in and help collect evidence. Once again, because nurses usually have some of the most uh, immediate and direct contact with a patient. And so Collecting evidence is from, you can collect it three different ways. You can collect biological evidence, which is like body fluids, hairs, fibers. Um, You can collect toxicology information um, for DUI cases, overdoses, or crimes that were committed while someone was intoxicated. And then you can also collect um, chemical evidence, which is like uh, paint chips, drugs, glass, So, um, you know, what we used to do is have someone come in and we would cut their clothes off right away. But now with the technology and understanding of how, you know, things are uh, spread or fingerprints are moved or fibers are exchanged, they have even now special protocols for a suspected victim where they lay out a paper drape underneath the person and then they get undressed over that. So just in case any of those fibers fall onto it and it requires a lot of attention to detail. And so it's almost like the nurse can be double tasking at times. Yeah. But not like nurses don't know what it's like to do, to have attention to detail. So I know I think nurses are perfect for something like this. Absolutely. If you want to learn more about forensic nursing, visit the international association of forensic nurses. Their website has, um, programs listed in your area of forensic nursing certification and other classes that you can take to learn more about it. Quick-witted and quick to the buzzer. 
Sean Dent answers your clinical questions. Let's see if you can stump Sean. Yeah, now we're going to jump into Stump Sean. We introduced Stump Sean during the teaser episode, and we're going to try to Stump Sean with a question or two. And Ashley, you have some questions for Sean today for the Stump Sean segment. Are you ready? I am. I'm so All nervous. Right. Well, well, shoot. Let us know. <laughs> Sean, what's up. don't be nervous. <laughs> yes. Just dig deep. You'll you'll find the answer. Okay. Let me wipe the sweat off my brow. Hold on. Right. So what do you got okay. for us? Okay, so. Stump Sean, uh, the theme for today's episode is blood transfusions. Okay. All right. So this is a open-ended question, Sean. It's not a multiple choice. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. All right. What is the difference between platelets and plasma? And why would a patient need a transfusion for each? The difference between platelets and plasma. So platelets help with... Um, I'm going to say it has to do with red blood cell production as well as um, clotting factors. So platelets are also responsible for anemia as well as bleeding. And plasma is probably more specific for clotting factors. Um, it can be responsible for bleeding, but it's most mostly responsible for clotting factors. And we're talking like, you know, there's a, there's gotta be 12 to 15 different clotting factors. And, you know, we talk about FFP as in fresh frozen plasma. We give that when somebody has a specific deficiency in a clotting factor, which is, can be medication induced or not, depending on the, um, uh, diagnoses or underlying condition that the patient has. So, I'm pretty confident on the plasma one, but the platelets, I'm I'm mm. kind of spitballing at that one. So no, you're, 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 you're on the right How track. Okay. So. All right. So platelets, you're on the right track, Sean. Platelets are administered to clients who are adversely affected with platelet deficiency or a serious bleeding disorder. So it's essentially to slow down bleeding um, or at the risk of thrombocytopenia. And then plasma, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's administered to clients who are in need of a clot of clotting factors, or if they're in need of increased blood volume due to hypovolemia. So yeah, All right. you did fine. Bing, bing, bing. All right, bing, bing, you did very well. So nice, do I get a nice like partial played. credit for that? You, I'm going to give you an eighty percent. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, I haven't stumped you yet, so this is good. You're Ow! Yeah. Okay. Take hey, it. an 80 is better right than a 60. You're right. 80 passing, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Do we have one more? Are we gonna we do. do. Okay. Okay, so this is kind of a fill in the blank, as many as you can. Oh, boy. All right, so name up to name up to eight symptoms associated with a blood transfuse, transfusion reaction. Eight? <laughs> Eight <laughs> symptoms associated with oh a blood transfusion. God, I need a pencil and paper. <laughs> Sean, she said up to. Oh, so how many do I get if I pass? <laughs> just okay. So just, just start somewhere. Transfusion reaction is almost like an allergic reaction. So if you had an allergic reaction, you could have everything from tachycardia, tachypnea, hypotension. Someone can have a fever. They could technically have chills if they have the fever. 
Um, in ex- in extreme cases, they're going to have respiratory symptoms, shortness of breath. They could have, um, you know, ronchi or rails. Someone could have an abnormal heart rhythm. There's also the possibility of having a localized reaction to the blood itself, meaning that you actually have like a um, induration of the IV itself where the blood is going. So the, the list is endless um, when it comes to the symptoms for blood fu- transfusion reactions. You can um, you can develop hives. You can get redness on the skin. I don't know how many I named. I think no, I'm just going to stop you there. You did really well. That was I think about I'm a hundred. Stop there. That was good. Okay. Excellent. Wow. All right. So you you named uh, fever or chills, uh, shortness of breath or dyspnea. You, I, I, vital sign changes were kind of lumped into one category. So vital sign changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said bronchi, but I had bronchospasm here. Okay. Uh, and then three you didn't mention were flank pain, nausea, and headache. Yeah, those are definitely rare ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the flank pain. Yeah, the flank that. pain. So right. wow, very yeah, nice. A lot. Very cool. Sean, congratulations! You uh, get at least like seven gold stars. I'm gonna say I got I got at least get a passing score on this one. That's right. Oh, I, I I didn't stump you. You you That's you right. win. <laughs> Sean, I think you need to get a pack of gold stars, and when you get these right, you need to slap them on your forehead and do a selfie. <laughs> the stump Sean gold uh, star selfie series. No, I I would do that, but then I'd be afraid of what I have to do if I get stumped. I don't know what. The, oh well, we we'd the, come up with something. Oh, I know you would. Mm-mm-mm. We can have a you know we can ask Tim for a sound like wah wah uh, something like that. Geez. So we'll we'll work on that. But awesome stump Sean. So Sean, you're batting a pretty much almost a thousand since our we first introduced this in the teaser episode. So maybe we're going to get some tough questions from the listeners to stump Sean. And remember folks, don't send them to Sean because he'll know the questions. All yes, right. Send them to send them to the other trifecta. That's right. You can send them to Keith at nursekeith.com. That's an easy way to do it. Or Kevin at pulsemediaco.com. So we'll, we'll make sure there's a email especially we'll come up with a stump sean email address or you can send them directly to ashley yeah yeah i would love that that. thanks no um um, yeah that's not a bad idea okay cool all right so as we begin to wrap up this particular episode of rnfm radio episode 252 i'm going to give a little keith's career mentor moment a tip of the week and my very quick and dirty tip of the week is to update your resume twice a year. I don't care if you're super happy in your job and think you're never going to leave or not. Always be updating your resume because you never know when you're going to need it. And my recommendation, unless you happen to live in Arizona where they don't practice daylight savings time, is to update your resume in the fall and spring when you're turning the clocks ahead or back and changing the batteries in your smoke alarms. So when you do those things, if you can tie them together in your mind or in your on your calendar to update your resume twice a year, just give it a once over and just keep it up to date because a promotion, a fellowship, something might come along and be like, damn, I didn't have to stay up to five in the morning updating my resume because I listened to Keith and I updated it last fall. So, Hashtag mind blown. 
Because I am yeah. I am guilty of exactly what you just said. Oh, so I'm going to be checking in with you and uh, Ashley every hashtag year mind blown. I turn my clocks. Turn my clocks. I am so going to be doing that. Yeah. For those of you who live in Arizona or anywhere else where daylight savings time isn't practiced, and I actually personally wish they would do away with it, um, it's too confusing. So just, I'm sure you check your smoke alarm batteries twice a year, I hope. So just tie it to that or your birthday or, you know, whatever works for you. But just make sure you're updating that resume and checking it over. So folks, awesome stuff, Keith. Thanks. Th- thank you. You've been here with us for episode 252. We are really appreciative for you hanging out here on the Pulse of Nursing with RNFM Radio. If you'd be so kind, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at RNFM Radio. And while you're at it, check out On the Pulse Media on Twitter. That is at On the Pulse Media. And our Pulse Media network public facebook group so just go to facebook and type in pulse media network you can chat about podcasts with other fans we'd love to see you over there on social rnfm radio is produced and edited by the wonderful tim hollowell of the podcastingguy.com he's the producer extraordinaire for all the shows at pulse media network our executive producer and podcasting guru is none other than kevin ross Our thanks to the entire team at Pulse Media for their support, including Marie Rittenhouse, our resident marketing strategist, and Gloria Attar, our social media marketing manager. So I'm Keith Carlson. I could be found at Nurse Keith and at Nurse Keith Coaching. Sean? You can find me at SeanDent.com. All right. And Ashley? You can find me on Facebook at Ashley Nurse by Heart. All right. Those will all be in the show notes, folks, at rnfmradio.com forward slash episode 252. Be well, dig deep in your lives and careers. Keep coming back for more until you achieve your goals. And we'll see you next time right here on RNFM Radio. Adios. Peace. Bye.